Well, we're coming to the end of 2023 and we on Rebuilders are having a bit of a reflect on the year that has been. And yeah, what do we talk about, Mark? We're looking at what we've learned, but we're pulling out some principles for anyone who perhaps is leading a church, perhaps leading a ministry, perhaps just in a secular workplace, a school, even your street. How do you partner with God as he brings renewal in the world? We're sharing some of our experiences. It's honest. It's Mm. hopefully hopeful. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we're excited for you to listen to it. So we're about to get into it, but if you want any behind-the-scenes chats, we have um, our mailing list where we send out subscriber chats after our episode. So you can subscribe at rebuilders.co. Let's get into it. Welcome to Rebuilders. My name is Liddy and I'm here with Mark and Daniel. How are you both? Very well. Good. It's the Christmas decorations are now. You, I think you said you saw, we were talking about them appearing. They're now out in force. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd like to make a formal apology, confession, admission. Wow. Um, as of yesterday, our house started listening to Christmas music. <gasps> is this before your cutoff? I know. Date? I know. Look, this is the this is a problem with being a parent. Your kids yeah. are just. Beautifully relentless mm. and demanding Christmas tunes. Mm. And so I caved and listened to Colin Buchanan's Christmas. Bless you, Colin. Mm. Love your work out there. Wow. Um, Isn't that the name of your fitness? You've got many podcasts <laughs> you've got here. Your fitness podcast, Beautifully Relentless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we well, just see the picture now. It would you're be- sprinting with like... Sort of like lines indicating I, I speed think and athleticism. You're confusing that for disappointingly sporadic. <laughs> uh, no, one, no one wants to listen to that. <laughs> I listened to one episode. Thing happen. Oh, oh, did you? I, mean, I don't know if it is. Did Santa? you deck the halls? A bird. <laughs> a couple of birds is making a nest in our letterbox. Are they doves? No. Two turtle doves? Two Indian two miners. Two turtle doves. Oh, ah. close. Australian, sounds, Australian turtle doves. It sounds, you know, charming and Christmassy, actually, but it's actually annoying. Yeah, so, well, where did, what do they do with your letters? Well, yesterday I got a book and it crushed the net. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. They might really be into reading. Well, no, because mm. it was it was crushed. Yeah, so they keep trying to do it. I mean, it's low. It's going to get eaten by – like it's a letterbox. It's not high. It's going to get eaten by a cat. <laughs> The, the birds? Yeah. I don't let my cat out at night, so it won't be mine. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, so, but it, it sounds cute, and the kids like want me to keep it. And my mum's like telling the kids, like, oh, that's great. Tell your parents to keep it. But like, it's just dirt and, and, and refuse. Mm. Are your kids beautifully relentless? <laughs> oh, these birds are beautifully relentless. They keep coming back every day with bits of tweets. <laughs> oh, merry, merry pre Christmas to yeah. everybody. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I actually I put up a Christmas tree the other day. I just real one we, or fake one? It's a fake one. I'm mm. in an apartment, and mm. you know, mm. I, yeah. yeah. So I just on a whim, I was like, I'm going for a walk, and I'm going to buy a Christmas tree. So I mm. bought a Christmas tree, and I walked at home, mm. and mm. it was in a box, not a real one, mm. which I just <laughs> confirmed. Anyway, Good. Good. Christmas. Yes. Well, okay. Um, Christmas means that we are coming to the end of the year, which means that we've got a whole year to reflect on, which we thought we might do today. Mm. Um, so a lot has happened this year. 
Um, and for those of you who have listened throughout the year, you'll know um, that I guess we locally here have uh, experienced a, a lot of different things. Um, and yeah, we want to take the opportunity to reflect on what we've learnt, be have a bit of an honest chat about what it looks like to to lead um, towards renewal. And yeah, mm. so we're going to take the opportunity to do that. Mm. Where do you want to start, Mark? Well, we we sort of like uh, had a had a meeting about rebuilders, which is something <laughs> we don't do mm, yeah. a Super lot often. Either. Yeah. Um, and but we had one, which was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was no sort of, pastries there. There was no pastries. No. Yeah. Um, but we did write down just some things that reflecting upon the year that I think some of the values that we've put in place. But I want to add one. Okay. That's not on our sure. list. So this okay, is where we're going to start. I'm going to type that live. You can type it in. So what we're going to do is we're going to basically we're answering the question uh, for our listenership out there is how do you lead towards renewal, whether you're in a church or in a ministry or even just. You know, I think, you know, a family, uh, a mm. group of friends. Yeah. Um, and we're going to sort of go through a series of principles and um, we'll see how far we get today uh, with these. Uh, it might be a two or three-part episode. We'll see how much we've got to say. Mm. Uh, but the first one I would like to begin with is one I'm about to uh, speak into being mm. now. I'm mm. ready. Okay. Which is sounds very simple, but have a vision for renewal. It's interesting, like, um, you know, I, I think having a vision is an oft spoken about thing. It's oft very oft. Spoken, yes. It's oft that spoken about. That felt very about. Christmas Carol. Um, Sorry, go on. And, you know, it's, it's you know, churches have vision and stuff like that. But I think it's, it's really interesting. Like I reflect back on this year and this year was the year of the Asbury renewal mm. in sort of January. And... Um, what I noticed it did was it raised people's expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a difference between hype and <coughs> expectations. Mm-hmm. Hype mm-hmm. is through tricks and human energy um, and whiz-bang effects trying to create a mood of momentum, of excitement. But I think what we saw was I think before then brewing, you know, we've talked about renewal for some time and I think it's been a slow-growing sense that people are hungering for. But I think when Asbury happened, you know, actually and interestingly our Pete Gregg episode with um, his sort of reflections as he just had literally checked into his hotel after being at the re- at the sort of outpouring at Asbury was uh, the most downloaded of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what it did is it gave many people a vision that, hang on, something like this can happen. You know, and whereas perhaps people might write off something if it's in the US and, you know, if you're in the rest of the West, then, you know, US has got such a higher level of church attendance and higher seemingly religiosity that, you know, particularly in the US South in Kentucky, mm-hmm. you can write it off. But it, that didn't happen. It actually, um, I think, raised people's expectation. It gave them a vision. And one thing I've been thinking about is that low, low expectations are actually fleshly. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that, um, you know, we have this sense that, uh, and I wonder if this is like what we fall into Australia, you know, some other cultures in the West and other places in the world where, you know, you respond to hype-driven culture by going the opposite direction, which may be an equally if, if hype is trying to make it happen in your own strength and in your own pride, that you then just settle into this sort of accepted plateauing and lukewarm bathwater and uh, have low expectations. But... I think what I saw happen when one of the things that happened when the Asbury outpouring happened was that it created vision. But 
I remember John Tyson put up a, an Instagram little message in his story and he just said like a few months after Asbury, hey, everyone, remember that Asbury happened. Mm. And I think that there's something that the people who – and stuff's still happening, uh, but I think it's the people whose vision was raised and then that created a culture of this is what we're going to drive towards. You know, we can't make this happen in our own strength, but we want to be a people who are prepared for his coming. Yeah, I don't know what you guys think with mine first new point on vision yeah i'd just say but this is i don't feel like i think there's a a real newness to it this year Mm. um but i feel like this is something we've been leaning into as a church well as a leadership anyway for the last five four five years yeah Mm. um and i remember when you first started talking about renewal Mm. what 2017 2018 2017 yeah Mm. yeah and for me personally i was like oh okay I haven't really thought about, I know, the the church growing without more better programs or more mm. high, like that was kind of the way, the, the way I was thinking. But then I just, you started talking about it, but then I just started to hear other pastors and leaders mm. starting to talk about it as well, mm. which is, I'm like, oh, okay, I think there's something here. Mm. Um, which, yeah, yeah, kind of fast forward five years is like, okay, that wasn't insignificant. Mm. Yes. Um, and just to see... The, the shift that's happening in the church, all mm. across the church from leaders to um, people in attendance mm. is, yeah, it's without Asbury, I'm eagerly anticipating yes, uh, yes. because his vision, vision has been sparked and mm. continued to be mm. lent into. Mm. Um, I, th- I think for me reflecting <clears throat> on, uh, I guess, how Asbury is, worked into that that greater conversation about um, renewal that's been happening for a while is that it both uh, reacquainted those that have experienced this kind of uh, like outpouring mm. of the Holy Spirit before like, you know, 25 years ago mm. um, or whatever it was in mm. the 90s. Like uh, I spoke to a, a number of different people at the 24-7 prayer national gathering that we had last month Um and a number of them were like, oh, this is what it felt like mm. when, mm. Um, you know, back in those days, like mm. the John Wimber kind of mm. um, day. So there's this reacquainting with the, oh, th- this is this is still um, this is still who God is. This is yes. how He's how He wants to um, pour out for His people. But I think it's also um, a quickening for young people mm. who haven't maybe necessarily experienced it before, mm. and having these these, I guess, awakening moments of, oh, God is so much more majestic and Mm. um, beautiful and Mm. intimate than Mm. we perhaps knew before. So I think it's like a, yeah, we're talking about it, but now there's like this this tangible kind of experience of of what it could continue to look like or what it Mm. might, um, yeah, so it, it continues to build that expectancy because yes. we've talked about it and then it's like, oh, there mm. it is. It could happen in the Western church. Mm. Um, and mm. we've talked before about how it's, you know, there, there's stories of this happening across mm. the world and have mm. been, um, but obviously, you know, the Western church maybe less so. So mm. that's why it's mm. sort of this very significant moment. How, how do you – I mean, I'm interested to just think to, – to hear how, you know, how – at red in the midst of so i mean just quickly to give everyone a sort of overview of the year like asbury happens um you know like i wrote uh 
reappearing church in sort of came out in 2019 and and then you know like lots of people it connected with lots of people mm. that hunger it made me realize that there's a lot of people out there hungering for this and giving people a language and then you know covid we're locked down for a couple of years start rebuilders in the midst of that and then you're, you're rebuilding really you know after all the all the uh sort of disruption of that particularly here in melbourne um and then this t- this tough year we have um you know, Trudy's diagnosis and you know, all those things of rebuilding and, and other things. Um, how have you sort of seen keeping that vision through all that play out at Red for us in, in a way that others might be able to learn from? Mm. Yeah, it's, I don't think I've actually thought about that in particular, but it's interesting that, yeah, the year kind of started that way and then having what's, yeah, what's played out. I'm going to have to have a little we'll think about that. Dee? Yeah, I I think <clears throat> oh, I can't think of it, uh, an exact scripture, but I think there's scripture does talk about as well, like His power being made perfect in our weakness, mm. and I think this like uh, we will think back on this year as a like as a really tough year, yeah, um, in many ways, but in that we've just witnessed and are continuing to like in like. Yes. Man, I'm I'm getting more and more. I'm I'm used to hearing stories of people and like allowing that to build my faith. I'm now encountering yes, like the story I shared last week. I've had another one since then, <clears throat> similar thing, but like just that God's power being made perfect is is not just a kind of nice quotable scripture. Mm. I'm like I'm witnessing that, mm. and yeah. um, and I think that that's. I suppose part of the when I think back on twenty twenty three will be a year of like feeling out of control and at a loss, but mm. experiencing something divine, mm. um, miraculous, mm. um, other than kind of that I've never anticipated. I feel like this is just the beginning of it yes. as well. Yes, though. yes. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of looking forward in anticipation. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean. <sighs> I think for us, it's it's I you know, get to the end of this year, and I, I think of that quote from Dickens' Tale of Two Cities, where you know it says the best of times, it was the worst of times, mm-hmm. and I think this year, like I wouldn't want to repeat. It was truly tough at times, um, but the flip side is incredibly, God has moved in ways I've never seen in how many years I've been doing ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's not been hype. It's often been like, how did that happen? Mm. Like yeah. something really tough happens and then you get an email of someone who is just profoundly changed. We just got an email this morning which we just read to the whole team or you know, the whole team had read at our staff meeting just before this and just someone who's been coming for 10 years and it's just like talking about the change that they've seen in the church and just this incredible encouragement mm. Uh, we had testimonies or like panel last week about prayer and, you know, in we've got three services and you know, different people in each and just story after story of people who in the last years have been profoundly and deeply changed. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm st- I'm, to be honest, I mean, part of like I felt like we wanted to do this is also us just work out what on earth just happened. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it sort of breaks all of the – ways that I thought things would work. <laughs> yeah. uh, not, not, not the biblical things of work, but perhaps the ways of ministry that I'd been taught yeah. and, and picked up. And um, yeah, so I mean, we, we uh, yeah, we, we 
Yeah, it, it, it's and I, and I feel like in the midst of that, somehow this vision of renewal, I wonder whether like I feel like we kept going because it's almost all we had. Would that mm, be yeah. right? It's all I had. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a there was a, a hope that wasn't just like we 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 it wasn't in the better programs or the mm. I know the the momentum in growth or or that type of stuff there was a there was a hope i think i feel like there's been a sustained hope by god's grace just for him to move again and i think mm. this year has been a god kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit and going yeah yeah like what you're hoping for is happening is mm. starting to happen mm. um uh, which yeah like you're sharing has been we're starting to see some of the kind of mm. testimony of and mm. um yeah, incredible, mm. incredible, incredibly exciting, and I, I think just in a, I'm I'm encouraged as a as a leader, and I suppose I want to encourage other leaders in like where you have had that hope mm. and maybe not seen the fruit of that yet. Like mm. keep going. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean that's a, that's a great segue to the second point here. Um, this is great. I'm going to ask you guys questions, um, <laughs> uh, which would be. You know, a, an oft-repeated favourite on this podcast, mm. personal renewal leads to corporate change. Um, from quote from Terry Walling. Um, have you seen that play out? We've said that before, so people who've listened to this podcast for a while probably know that maxim. How have you seen that play out in your lives this year, and in the lives of others on our team? Ooh. This is great. I just, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not me giving thirty-minute responses on Hezbollah. I think I like. I think personally, um, this year. I mean, I was thinking about this in also in response to your previous question. This year, as somebody yesterday, I was. I had a couple of people come in, um, so I was doing an interview with them about their experiences of transformation mm. this year. And then one of them asked me back, how's your 2023 been? Mm. And I was like, you know, I think 2020, this 2023 I have been as tired as I've ever felt in my life, so like mm. consistently. Mm. Um, but also in the midst of all of that and in the midst of really challenging circumstances, obviously Trudy on team, like family stuff, like whole mm. lot of stuff in the midst of all of that. If I look back at all of the like little little glimpses of God's goodness and kindness mm. and and transforming work in me over the year, it's so quick. We are so quick to forget these things. Mm. Um, but, yeah, just doing like a little review of like, oh, God, you you showed up. You you know revealed yourself to me in this way, mm. on this occasion. That it's it's truly this. It's the best of times. It's the worst yeah. of times. Yeah. Um, kind of summary that you said before. And I know, and I trust because of all of those things that mm. God is going to continue to do in your work, mm. um, in me, and also because I'm seeing it in so many other people, and I'm so mm. deeply encouraged by it, and I'm so in awe of it. Mm. Um. I don't know if that directly answers your no, question, no, that's but a great question. Um, what a great response! Yeah, it, it makes me think of um, in January, um, as the year was starting. I in our Christmas holidays, I read um, 
John Pollock's biography of John Wesley. I'd read other biographies of John mm-hmm. Wesley. I'd never read that one. It's a very readable, popular, and great place to start if you want to read about John Wesley's life. And I was very aware of the great preaching in the fields and mm. the creation of Methodism and societies and all this incredible, you know, cultural change that happens and so on. But what really struck me this time is is the background tapestry that's in play of illness and mm. people losing children and you know even just bits they're like you know Whitfield met Wesley here and Whitfield was sick as a dog and you know, conflict you know Wesley and Whitfield fall out and um, I think we have this mythology that we'll go through a difficult time and then we'll enter into a yes, wonderful time that they're like these two polar yes opposite things yeah. And, and that's not to say, look, there's definitely this year's been difficult. So it's not going to say every year is going to be like that. But I do have a sense. You know, it's, it's funny like I don't know if you've ever noticed like, you know, show ends or something or a, you're at some event and they do a video montage of like highlights and, you know, mm. there's just people start weeping, you know, mm. because I think there's something in this that that's almost what we want. It's almost like our hunger for heaven when all will be right. And mm. But I think we, we can miss – what God's doing often because of we don't have that. There's two things happening at the same time. Yes. You know? And so it can be happening in our lives as well. Yeah, like it can yeah, be yeah. really difficult stuff. I messed up at that time. But then also it's this sense that God's moving us forward. Yeah. You know? And I think change happens in the midst of that chaos. Um, yeah. yeah. It'd be fascinating what you think, Daniel. Hmm. Yeah, I just I think I'm just reflecting back on our uh, soul care conference we mm. did a couple mm-hmm. of months ago. Um I think as as a pastor, it was one of the most encouraging times for me, seeing so many people in our congregation. Uh, like my my desire as a yeah, as a pastor is to see people encounter uh, encounter Jesus and the freedom that He has to offer, and <clears throat> um, the light and the hope and the joy that comes with that. Um, I think having journeyed with a lot of people for a number of years and like longing and hoping for that, praying that over them. But not necessarily seeing the fruit of that. Um, I suppose it was just a great encouragement at the conference, mm. seeing mm. people, yeah, who I have journeyed with for a while, stepping into that and saying mm. yes to yes to Jesus's work and that that renewal um, reality of, of yeah of being made new, of being transformed, of of kind of saying goodbye to the old man and stepping into the new kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, and just I suppose in terms of the personal renewal leads to corporate change. I suppose there's there's an element to it, and, and just an encouragement as well. Like it's, it's I'm just realizing just the importance of a long journey with people. Yes. Um, uh, I, what I'm t- tasting of renewal at the moment is it's it's small, it's individual lives, it's uh, it's not kind of this massive kind of wave mm. of kind of, I don't know, whole suburbs and stuff, mm. um, cities kind of on their knees yet. Maybe that, maybe that's to come. But mm. at this point, just seeing kind of the, the, the moments of people saying no more, I'm going to actually walk a different way and mm. um, letting go of something they've been holding on to for so long mm. um, because Jesus wants to take that from them and, mm. and just – yeah, I suppose where God has led me to those points in my own life and being able to testify to his goodness and then mm. being able to then encourage other people in that. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I've 
it's really it has built my hope and faith and has yeah and built my kind of um vigor mm. as a pastor to, mm. to keep going with people mm. Mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. we um I mean, it could be helpful here just to sort of help people understand our year. <laughs> and, um, you know, because I think this will lead into the next one. But, you know, we, we begin 2021 um, and we'd come out of a period of some just difficulty in the church. I'm not going to go into those details. but 20, conf- 20, 20, sorry. 2023? I did this on Sunday. I was preaching. <laughs> I, was I was like, like okay, we're he's here like, in 2021. I'll really going COVID for the longer up, story here. COVID messed up time. <laughs> We, we come into the beginning of 2023, which is this year. The current year that the we are in. The current year of our Lord, 2023. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we, yeah, we'd been through some really tough stuff at church. Also here in Melbourne, I think, you know, I, I know this has been similar. When I, was in the New Ze- when I was in New Zealand, it was similar conversations in certain places that you must have this washing machine effect coming out of COVID where all of a sudden mm. people made these life changes and there was these satisfactions. They started moving churches and there was just this sort of like – changing of of seats so you just had this like people visiting all the time but people not staying uh yeah some really sort of difficult stuff in the midst of it and then and then asbury happens and we felt really like Mm. um you know like this is this we we were those people who've been hungering for something like this and to see it we're deeply encouraged so we began uh the renewal sessions we felt Mm. that um you know, I'd gotten an invite to head over there and to Kentucky and I just prayed about it and just felt God saying, no, start something here. So we just had this vision just to like get people uh, a space where if you wanted to press into this, to press into this. And this links with the next point I want to make. Mm. And I'll keep telling this story, but you'll see mm. this theme run through, which is gather the hungry. Yeah, We realized that what was happening, we had in Melbourne this sort of like or we were experiencing this sort of like dissatisfaction. I think we talked about the great sort of resentment, you know, happening. And uh, we know many of you listening have gone through that. Mm-hmm. Can I just say to the amount of pastors who have come up to me and said in the last two years since COVID, they've had significant conflict. They've had mm-hmm. staff leave. They've had people run campaigns against them. That is so normative. Like it's almost stunning. No one mm-hmm. talks about it. Very yeah. few people write articles, but just that has been such a common thing. Um, and, you know, it's almost that sort of in end days, you know, brother will turn against brother. It feels felt like that, you know, a little bit in the last couple of years. So we started the renewal sessions and, and we had no agenda. We honestly didn't know what to do. We just like created a space. We just have got a space here at our building. We don't normally worship here. We just opened up this, this sort of larger hall and – just said if you want to come, we deliberately didn't do full-on worship. We just had like one or two people doing worship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we just said we're just going to teach some principles on renewal and worship and pray and cry to God and mm. and we just sort of kept it open-ended. So we just started meeting on Sunday nights uh, to do that and um, on the fourth one we just had this encounter from God which was just incredible mm. and that moment was, you know, some of you would have heard us recounting that um, in an earlier Rebuilders episode. The evidence months later is mm. of profoundly changed lives. Yes. Like that wasn't just a, like a heavenly tickle and, you know, like oh, that was nice. And it was actually a profound moment that has altered, I think, the direction of people's lives. Mm. And we're still seeing evidence of that. Um, and that sort of goes on. Um, uh, what do you guys remember from that period? And, and particularly I just want to reflect on I think, you know, it's more like I didn't have this principle and – we're going to run with this and this is what's driving it. It was more like a response, I think, to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. But now looking back, 
the ability to gather the hungry is I think one of the things that God has used profoundly this year. I'm interested in you guys' reflections. I think for me, and I, I probably, um, I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this back when we reflected on it the first time, was that that space felt quite different. Well, and we we did it quite differently to a church service, in that there was an intentionality of gathering around renewal, so the people that were there knew that it was about that and knew that that's. Um, why we were gathering, but the way that the spirit kind of moved and the way that I guess I experienced it but also saw other people experience it was very reminiscent of things that I'd experienced as um, a young person when I first un- like saw and experienced the work of the spirit mm. um, in my own life but in the lives of people around me. So I think – for me, that 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 kind of environment that was something that was really valuable and mm. um, yeah, important to yes. to having having people there that were like, yeah, we're just here to see God without an agenda. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. What do you think, Daniel? Uh, I was just <clears throat> I was just reminded, um, and maybe slightly off topic, but it was. Like it was pretty low. It was very low key. Super like low key. Lydia and I were running a course at the time from like four. Yeah, that's right. Till five thirty in the same space. Yeah. And then there was this like mad dash to like reset the room, mm. and you got people kind of coming. Oh, what's going on here? And yeah, yeah. Some people stuck around. Some anyway. Um, and it was just it was like I feel like we run a pretty uh, we run Sundays well, and yeah, and yeah. and there's a level of polish, but mm. like yeah, we seem to do them well. But this was just a Kind of like ah, we're here and we're just gonna mm. just see. And that was helpful for me because I think I tend to operate more in the like, no, got to make sure this done. This is done well and mm-hmm. everything has is a place. We know the order and all that kind of stuff. And I think to let go of that, um, to just embrace. Hey, mm. we're here for you, God. We're here mm. to just seek you. And mm. um, but I, I think there was it was also I think significant um, as a as a staff team. Sorry, I keep moving away from. The microphone um just to because we've been as a staff team like we've been like, there's been me- staff meetings and and these kind of things we've been pressing in and mm. and but just to like open up the space and have a whole stack of people from our congregation like yeah and I want, outside of our and, yeah and outside of yep. yeah, yeah. turn up as well um was like oh okay there are there are hungry people here. Yes, um, yes. It's sometimes hard to gauge that on a Sunday when you, mm. I don't know, you've got kids' church, people got to run off, pick up the kids, or you've got mm. different things happening, moving through services, that kind of stuff. Um, so I just have those alternate spaces mm. um, of, yeah, and it's, it wasn't just a handful of people. It was quite a few, quite a number. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think, I think part of the fruit of that has been, like you said, the testimony, but yes. also I think there's been a cultural shift in our church because of yes. that as well. Definitely. Where we can, uh, in our leadership, can step forward with courage, knowing we're not alone in this. Like, yes. there's a large cohort of our congregations yes. that yeah. want to move forward in this as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. And I think I think a couple of things from this. Like, number one, yeah, it to- you're totally right. It totally has changed. Like, as I'm sitting here thinking, <laughs> yeah. so this is us live reflecting. <laughs> like, it it has fundamentally changed the culture of our church because I think like. Any group of humans, whether it's a football club or a, I don't know, a bridge club or a, I don't know, a, a 
a, a tribe somewhere that there is a natural hierarchy and hierarchies exist around different things that can be social relations family relations skill mm. uh, role rank um, and so in a church you're naturally going to have them and they don't always align with the kingdom of god like mm. you know we've all been in the church where there's i don't know Doris is, you know, got social power because she's been around for, you know, since the Neolithic period. Um, <laughs> bless, and, you, bless you, Doris. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she just carries weight in the church simply because of longevity. Or, mm. you know, oh, everyone knows Fred because, you know, he's got 27 family members here and has served on 32 committees. And or another person who might be very big personality and, mm. and social and stuff like that and um, or you're a stickability person. You just turn up and turn up and turn up. But those things don't always align with what's happening inside and yeah. they don't always align with spiritual hunger, spiritual growth, spiritual maturity. Yeah. And so often what happens is people get into positions of power, be they voluntarily or positions of influence or just have a social influence because of factors other outside of the kingdom of God. Mm. And some of those things align. You know, Doris might be an absolute prayer warrior. Uh, sorry, Doris. Um, sorry, fake character. <laughs> created. Um, uh, so those things align. When they do align, it's great. But I think what happens is there's just this natural thing. We It's almost like there was this rearranging of the kingdom of God social physics that happened because you put up a flag up the pole and said, Come on in here if you are hungry. Mm. That was it. It wasn't like you, and there were yeah, people yeah. who turned up who didn't even come to Red. There were people who were brand new to our church, people who'd been here for donkey's years. And all of a sudden what they did was it created this new space where those who are hungry could gather, meet each other. Mm. Like that's really key. Mm. So I think like Seth Godin had a book called Tribes and it's a marketing book but, and it, but it has a couple of interesting things in it. He says, you know, partially – Influencing people now is getting people in tribes and we could do a whole positive negative on this. Okay, don't mm. do a whole podcast on this here now, Mark. But one thing you said is when you gather a tribe, they'll often gather because you've sort of had a rallying cry. But then they, the magic starts to happen when they start to connect with each other. Yeah. So all of a sudden people in the congregation have been sitting across from each other, maybe in a social relationship more. We're like, oh, hang on, you're hungering as well. Oh, now I'm praying with you. And so it started to create these sort of like spiritual sinews in our church and it started to rearrange things where people saw like, hang on, we've got an agenda here to pursue God. Those who wanted to do that were drawn in. And it just created a whole new network of relationships that wasn't built around. We're in the same discipleship group together or we're in the same mm. volunteer group or, yeah, we played basketball with each other 12 years ago. So I think that was really, really important. It's like it gathered a new thing. So I think – Many of you out there, like, and I've had people ask me this question in person, you know, where do you start? And and oh, there's not many people in my church who are interested in this. I bet you there is. Yeah. I bet you there is. Yeah. yeah. And and I've got to say, there are people who came to the renewal sessions who I didn't think would come. Mm. There are people who I thought would come, didn't come. And so what I realized is, yeah, I've got an okay eye to see what's happening. I don't have an eye into the heart of humans yeah. <laughs> like God does. But the hungry were drawn. So it created this alternate space where people could explore things. Another thing too is like, you know, like many people ask me whose church, you know, perhaps is not Pentecostal or perhaps is not used to sort of, you know, like how do we follow the Holy Spirit here? How do you yeah, do sure. this? You know, maybe your church is very traditional in its worship or perhaps that's just not been your expression but are wanting to step into this. Mm. You don't even have to use all the Pentecostal words. It can just be gathering around the presence of God, mm. you know. 
And what this did is it create an alternate space where we could begin to explore those things. And I think we were pretty comfortable as a team in those spaces, but others who hadn't could explore. Mm. That's not like the pressure cooker of a Sunday service or like it's like building something alongside. And so what we saw was that that culture began to then flow into our services. Mm. And I think now in many ways, there are services which feel like they're renewal sessions. Um, And we started a new service, which I'll get to as we tell this story over these episodes. But I think our 6 p.m. service, which we started in the midst of that, we'll tell that story, Mm. feels like the renewal sessions that sometimes just in the the way people worship and stuff like that. And also what it did is like sometimes too, if you're, I I would go to the UK and- one thing that was, I just loved in in being in lots of my friends' churches, there was just this sort of hunger in worship. And again, too, we, our church sort of comes from that evangelical tradition, and we, you know, are that. And uh, in the sort of British sense of the word, um, this is going to get very confusing. All these backgrounds I'm throwing out here. But when <laughs> I go to the UK and I'd be in uh, places, I'd always just love being in worship. People wholeheartedly singing. Mm-hmm. That's not always the case in Australia. In a lot of churches, people can be a lot more reserved. Uh, but what happened was when we were worshiping that space, it got the people who really wanted to worship begin to like start to do that, not in the services, in another place. And that's grown the culture. Whereas now I would say our church services look like that you know, mm. in terms of a hunger mm-hmm. for worship. Um, uh, I was going to make another point, but I'll stop there. If you've got any reflections on that stuff. Uh, nah. Thank you. I'll take that as a, as a compliment <laughs> of just how succinct uh, that was. Oh, one um, thing I will I will go. just sort of summarize. Mm. Um, so what I'm kind of hearing and what we're sort of, I guess, collectively um, reflecting on is that there <laughs> there's nothing wrong with mm. um, Sunday services or anything like that. But what what we benefited from in having a space that didn't have to meet or follow the structures or expectations or um, or cultural norms of a Sunday service by creating a space like renewal sessions that we did actually allowed a new culture to emerge and then be sort of, um, well, and it sort of just naturally um, Mm. uh, grew Mm. into the services rather than Mm. um, going the other way so that, yeah, that new space Allowed freedom to do totally. that. Yeah. And I remember hearing years ago someone said to me, I can't even remember who, um, you know, don't tear down, build alongside, uh, build yeah. a new alongside. And I think that's a really helpful model. The other thing I was going to say too is, and maybe this is a good way, we're bumping up on the end here. We got yeah. through, what, three of these, but yeah. there's more to come in, in the next couple of weeks. But I think what happened is if you if you see that personal renewal is to corporate change, so often that literally may just be you. Like there could be someone there who's leading a church or sitting in a pew going, okay, everything I'm, I'm hearing I'm resonating with, but it's just me at this stage. Mm. So you can imagine that concentric circle. You're in that circle. That's mm. fine. Like God will move this. You just have a heart for renewal and mm. press into what he's asking you. What we found too then is it's like, you know, I remember being in this literal room. If, if you've read the fa- Facing Leviathan, this, this room is literally where God got me to pray and fast and – in this room, I went through my personal renewals leads to corporate change, you know, mm. years ago, mm. you know, sitting in front. This wasn't even done like this. It was just sort of what it was and sitting in front of this heater. That we saw over the last sort of few years, it began to move into the next concentric circle, which is the staff team. Mm. And, you know, we saw really a renewal happen. I think particularly during COVID that that sort of began, you know, and, you know, our staff team, team, 
team changed a bit in that time. But I think as we sort of like came into 2022, into 2023, you began to see a real culture grow. And I think through some of the difficult things we went through at the end of last year and this year, I think that solidified as a team, that sense of mm. uh, deepening uh, in many of us. And and that may what be next. Like you may be as a, a leader of this, what if you put a vision to your staff team and maybe it's honestly you and someone who's on one or two days a week. That's fine. Mm. That's probably most of you. Just a little reality check you know we often think of this and, and our head is some massive mega church but most of you listening most churches out there are like 50 to 150 mm. um and uh, maybe 200 you know so uh what if it's sitting down with it could be the one other person on staff or some of the volunteer leaders or some of your other staff leaders and said what if we pursued this mm-hmm. like what if we pursued a vision yeah. let's start in our staff meetings we're gonna get through stuff let's start worshiping let's start praying mm. uh let, let's change the spiritual temperature in first just mm. in our staff culture volunteer mm. leader culture so i went to the next concentric circle i think what renewal sessions did it then went out another circle yeah, mm. and it created yeah. a space. Like, but we didn't know who those people were. So it can't be like, well, we're going to create a concentric circle for the renewal people. Who are they? This created this open space which filled and then we've seen it go out to those people and it's kept going out in concentric circles. Mm. Um, and even in the last couple of weeks at Red, I think there's been people who have – who you're seeing it touch who are like several concentric circles out. Yeah. So it may not happen in an Asbury moment where all of a sudden, you know, at the end of a meeting, everyone gets drawn back and next thing you know, you're on all the, you know, network news and knocking down your door. Um, but it may be moving out slowly in concentric circles. So I think creating a space where people can come expands at that concentric circle. But also I just want to say too, you may not be at that stage yet. Mm. So, so hear this, some of you are at the – Personal your least corporate change. God's asking you some stuff. You've got to say yes. Some of you might be like, I'm going to talk to, you know, the person who is on two days a week and does youth and let's just start praying together or the staff team or some of your volunteer leaders. But then they're creating the space. So wherever you feel God has you in that stage, but I think some people listening to this, 2024 is where you're going to carve out a space mm. to do this and it's going to change things. Yeah. And I actually wonder if there's an encouragement there for people, um, perhaps not in, you know, church leadership, maybe in yes. um, uh, in work environments where you're like, oh, maybe I'm, I think I'm the only Christian here, mm. um, you know, and, and looking at what it might look like for, I guess, uh, your work environment to change yeah. and, and praying into that. Mm. Maybe this is for you as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, to start praying and then start having um, eyes to see what, where God might be leading you to particular people in your workplace. Can I just add something on that too? And, yeah. and can I just also challenge on that too? Like I think partially sometimes people will do that because it's like, oh, I need some others here because, yeah, it's challenging being in this environment when yeah. you're a believer. And often so you can meet and that's understandable for sort of solace and security and stuff like that. But actually what if this is more renewal driven? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what if there's a vision here? And, you know, we're hearing stories of, you know, Kids at high school starting prayer meetings. You yep. know, like um, this is happening. Colleges is out there. Uh, I've street ones. People just in the neighborhood from different churches. So hundred percent, greater space. Yeah, and and just to, I think we've said it already, but just to emphasize, like God is on the move. Hundred percent. Like we are witnessing it, um, and want to, I suppose, testify to that. And mm. it's not, it's something. It's not everything yet. Mm. Um, but as you do that, as you step into those spaces, like. God is on the move and so have eyes to see 
mm. who and where um, and expect and anticipate yeah. um, something that's beyond what we can manufacture ourselves. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that really brings us back to that that first thing that you um, mentioned, Mark, about raising expectation. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, let's be a church that is expectant. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just to recap what we've covered for today. So how do you lead a church toward renewal or how do you lead towards renewal? Firstly, have a vision for renewal. Yeah. Um, there's the personal renewal leads to corporate change. And then um, we also talked about gathering the hungry. Mm. We're going to um, continue to um, have this conversation in the following episodes. So we look forward to sharing those with you. Anything else anyone wanted to say before we close? No. Can you set up a live camera for our viewers of my letterbox? <laughs> <laughs> so just chart, chart the uh, battle between me and the, and the birds. <laughs> Turtle Dove Watch 2023. On it. <laughs> we'll see you next time.